The Near Futurist, a podcast with Guy Clapperton. Hello, and thanks for downloading The Near Futurist, a show presented by me, Guy Clapperton. Today, my guest is going to have a chat about artificial intelligence. Actually, he wants to question whether it exists at all. But first, a bit about who you're listening to. And if you've been listening since the first episode, you've probably memorized this by now, but never mind. I'm Guy Clapperton, a technology journalist with 30 years experience. You might have heard me or seen me on the BBC occasionally, read some of my books or seen me in The Guardian, Intelligent Sourcing Magazine and elsewhere. I go to a lot of conferences, as you can imagine, and I hear experts talking about their forecasts about the decades to come. I'd rather use my 30 years experience as a commentator to discuss what's likely to happen later this year, early next, and the action we need to take now. So I came up with the near futurist concept. Do have a look at my website at nearfuturist.co.uk, where you'll find more episodes and information on what we're about. If you'd like to book me as a speaker or MC for your technology event, this voice could be yours. Do have a look at the showreel on the site and drop me a line, guy at nearfuturist.co.uk. That's nearfuturist as one word. Or get in touch with my agent, whose details are, of course, also on the site. And if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please do consider leaving a review on the iTunes store or wherever you download from. And if you're new to the show, you're very welcome. And that, as usual, is more than enough about me. My guest today thinks AI, artificial intelligence, is overhyped and has dubbed it arrogance and ignorance instead of artificial intelligence. There's still AI, so I suppose it's fairly friendly. Companies are claiming they're using AI already, and he predicts that in the future, everybody will be using the phrase. But did you know that many companies are simply using statistical algorithms, be careful how you say that, statistical algorithms, which could be 50 or 100 years old? Awkward. He's Chief Technology Officer of Beyond Trust, and his name is Murray Haber. Murray, welcome to The New Futurist. Hi, Guy. Pleasure to speak with you today. Let's start with some basics. I mean, anyone can make a strong statement or state a strong view. Tell me about your background and any weight that your view should carry. Certainly. I've spent 25 years or the last 25 years in network management and IT security for a variety of companies uh, developing tools and uh, solutions that basically help protect our information technology and the security of our own data and systems. Early in my career, I was exposed to AI well over uh, 15 years ago with a company that purchased an AI-driven company, and they actually changed their tagline to software that can think. That only was short-lived. It was very AI-driven in terms of its marketing message, but the hype didn't really match what the technology was. At that time, as a development manager, we were given the uh, mandate to screw that product in wherever we could, and it really didn't work well. It really didn't drive any value and failed miserably to do so. And that was really my first... Uh, Can I just pause you there just one second? Because it, it surely it's very easy to look back 15 years ago and say, look what we thought was advanced in those days. Uh, you know, I've been around as a technology commentator for 30 years. You can always look back and say, well, we've come a long way. Uh, is this really so different? It is very different because this was, in terms of my background, the first time I ever had exposure to it in mass. And what ended up happening at that time were very interesting lawsuits against that organization to say that you can't market AI and software that can think when it's really just a mathematical equation. Now we come full circle uh, 15 years later and we see the marketing hype. In fact, uh, organizations are using AI and machine learning, which is a subset as a part of their standard message, and it's really not present. So it's really coming full circle, like you hear common buzzwords like framework, ecosystem, and others 
uh, being marketed by teams. Uh, in fact, The Verge this year reported, based on a paper from MMC Ventures, that uh, 40% of AI startups in Europe really don't use AI, but they're putting it in their marketing messages to try to gain more money or market awareness. And it just seems like a regurgitation of something that experienced individuals have seen in the past. So when I perhaps use my phone, we won't name, name the manufacturer because I don't have the same, same lawyers that they do. And it says that it's using AI to sharpen a picture or it's using AI to work out that if I'm pointing at some grass, it should make the whole picture greener because that really helps guys. It's not really using AI or is that uh, just a bad example? I think that might be a bad example. AI does have quite a bit of presence and legitimate AI presence in the market. Well, I can't speak to an individual of course. Uh, picture algorithm. Financials have been using it successfully in the last you know, 10 plus years to determine bank fraud. However, it's the places that it's showing up that it really should not be used. Whether it's a toothbrush saying that it's AI driven to make you brush more till you need to brush more time, or whether it's a very large company marketing a supercomputer and really all they have is uh, just very, very good pattern matching algorithms that are placing weights on the results. That type of equipment should not be branded as AI, but unfortunately it is. And we see that all through the news and marketing today. Marketing versus reality are not matching. And it's up to the consumer or the organization to determine when they purchase a product or looking at a product, whether it's true. And that's really difficult. That's where the arrogance versus ignorance problem comes to play. Let's play devil's advocate a little bit. And let's say I'm a decision maker of a large organization. My technology people have or haven't fallen for the hype, but they say that, look, this particular piece of technology is going to give us lots of lovely AI to uh, use in the business. It's going to help with decision support. It's going to produce superb business results. As long as it produces those results, and as long as I, my business is actually enhanced by it, as a decision maker, do I care if it happens to be called AI or not? No, you probably would not. It, then it becomes the proof is in the pudding, right? You, yeah. you need to see the results and you don't care if you call it widget XYZ. We could go back in history and look at something very similar to this. 10 plus years ago, there was an endpoint security vendor, something that commonly is discussed as AI today amongst the community, who created a machine learning program to basically learn the good behavior of a workstation, for example. And it would learn what programs are supposed to be running, how they're supposed to communicate, what processes should be in memory. And it sounds very much like a marketing ad we would see for a lot of the tools that you might put on an end user's workstation to keep them secure today. Yeah. However, in this particular case, it was an airline, it was a kiosk, and there was a worm outbreak at that time that learned the behavior of the worm. So when the security team and IT tried to remediate and remove the worm, the security solution just kept on reintroducing because it was it thought it was actually normal behavior. And it caused an outage for that airline, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Quite a few days of downtime, public downtime based on a cyber attack. So that type of lesson, again, even though it's 10 years ago, you see client people or you see organizations advertising, we have machine learning to detect abnormal behavior. Well, that's great. But if it's going to try to take an action, then we start to get into a slippery slope of what action is correct outside of a report or notification. Is that going to cause potentially an outage, like reintroducing a piece of malware that was removed? And then the undesired results that an organization doesn't want uh, to your original question. What does the AI actually do outside of telling you something is unusual? Can it actually affect change immediately? 
I accept that point completely, but I wonder in this particular instance whether it isn't a case of the malware writers, uh, the criminals, the ne'er-do-wells having better AI, which is always a risk, than the people who are actually doing the task in the first place. It sounds to me from the description as if this was pattern recognition that kept on recognizing the old pattern. Meanwhile, the malware recognized that uh, you know it's expecting this, so we do this with a small variant or something like that. Uh, I mean, you know, the fact that AI can be beaten by better AI, does that actually invalidate the concept? of AI? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's key. So the company at that time marketed their tool as machine learning. And the nature of the uh, worm itself was to find a working process, open ports, propagate itself and continue. And when it was removed, the uh, worm itself would try to reinfest or the machine learning, which was supposed to be the good guy at the time would say, I'm missing this. I need to go back to my restoration libraries and reintroduced it because I accepted it at some point or someone accepted it at some point as uh, good behavior. There were have been recent articles about people doing research, not to make it sound very generic, but that's the only way I really can do this without calling people out, of taking images and AI engines of turtles and making them appear to be guns to the AI engine. And what they would do is hide patterns in the colors and the size of the pixels that would uh, basically make the system look like that. So if AI was a part of a security screening process at an airport, you could trick it to basically learn uh, the pattern of something and report it as something else. And that can be go both directions, something bad being uh, thought of as good, or in reverse, something as innocuous as a picture of a turtle being thought of as a handgun. I'd like to get a bit practical about this. I do take the point that this could be very, very dangerous because if, or at least disruptive, because if they're going to stop, uh, you know, every time someone, okay, turtle's an unlikely example, but you could make it, you know, make a toothbrush look like a handgun to the AI or something like that. So that could really cause chaos in airports. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, if you can do it with a turtle, you could probably do it with a toothbrush. That is speculation. I'm quite happy to flag that. But if you're assuming you're right, uh, how does this affect product development? Do we all need to actually sort of get less obsessed with this uh, AI, less obsessed with the terminology and start getting more results focused. What has to happen if your view is to be taken into account in future? I think that that is absolutely right. It's just the marketing versus hype. And I will use the CBD oil craze, at least in the United States, as a, an example of that. CBD is being uh, marketed as the cure-all for pain, sleeplessness, and everything with no scientific factual data behind it to support it, nor are the risks fully understood. It's the marketing and sales opportunity to make money versus the reality. AI is the same concept. You could take an older algorithm, uh, cluster mapping technology, statistical triggering, and label it AI or ML, which again is a subset of AI, and market your product that way, and no one is going to say anything to you. With those buzzwords, people are more inclined to look at it, you're most likely to get more VC funding due to that in your marketing name. But in reality, your product doesn't really have any of it. So, for example, in my own organization, we have an analytics engine. It does use technology, mathematics that have been proven for years. It would be very easy to go to the marketing team and say, call it ML. And my, some of my competitors might, but it's wrong and uh, would be misleading to the public to state it that way. But again, in search of profits, there's no reason why marketing won't embrace it and no one's going to stop them. So what's changed since the company that you uh, told me about earlier, which actually faced lawsuits because it was uh, pushing something as uh, artificial intelligence when it wasn't? Yeah. So they used the term, it became a tagline for probably 
less than three months, and it was changed to something completely different afterwards. The lawsuits started to appear because people were saying, look, if you're changing your tagline, you have hundreds of products in your portfolio, prove it to me, show it to me. I, I own this and it doesn't. And while we tried to adapt it to plugins that even work with mail to predict you know, who you're gonna get messages from and when, to log analysis and things like that, it absolutely provided almost no value. Now granted, technology has changed, quite a bit. But when it was originally sold to the organization, the owners claimed that they made a ton of money with it and the stock market. Wow. Okay. So if everybody can use an AI engine to predict stocks, wouldn't we all be millionaires? Right? Yes, we would. It's it's an interesting problem. That company changed names uh, probably around 16 years ago and has subsequently been sold to someone else. And at, at its time was... 16,000 employees is probably down to around 500 today. So is this just a sort of commercial hype for people trying to get more sales or are there entire enterprises being built on falsehoods, do you believe? I do believe there are falsehoods being built. Um, There is an interesting article about a uh, analyst, if you want to call him that, or uh, I'm not sure his proper title. It's the best way for me to look at it. But he will go after some of the largest computing power in the world. And you might see that in terms of computing power that was used on TV shows like Jeopardy, or even to try to protect healthcare information. And it shouldn't be hard for uh, your listeners to figure out who this is if they start you know, using a search engine. But he basically questions that marketing and that supercomputers capabilities as just very advanced pattern matching with weighted statistics. And it is not using AI to determine the proper course of actions for someone's healthcare. So yes, this is a case of a really sophisticated program, a massive database, lots of computing power, but not truly AI. And there is real AI out there. There is good, real machine learning out there. Again, it becomes the marketing versus hype, and the consumer is the one who suffers not knowing the difference between something that is taught in a high-level education class as a mathematical concept versus a true learning or uh, artificial intelligence engine that's building its own uh, algorithms and processes to handle the next problem. I get back to the idea that, uh, you know, okay, some algorithms you suggested, or my, in my briefing it was suggested that there are some algorithms out there that are 50, 100 years old. I mean, if you could elaborate on that a little bit, that would be a great help. But I'm just wondering whether it matters if something's brand new, if it actually gets the results. I mean, gravity's been around for quite some time, even before I was born. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it seems to be working appallingly well as far as I can make out when I stand on my uh, scale. So does, does it actually matter as long as it gets the business results or the consumer? Consumer, consumer feels their life is enhanced as a result. Well, it, it brings up an interesting question, Guy. If you consider artificial intelligence, I think you, both, you and I both know people that even lack intelligence to begin with. Um, to, to put it... No bluntly, comment. Never uh, say no comment on the air, but no <laughs> comment. But if you look at it from that concept, if you're not aware that these algorithms or the mathematics exists out there and have for years, but they just do not have a fancy marketing name, you fall into that arrogance and ignorance bucket. A simple example, and I mentioned it earlier, is cluster mapping. Cluster mapping basically takes the attributes of a system, a device, an asset, a user, whatever the construct may be, and produces a mathematical number for it based on, let's say, number of vulnerabilities, number of threats, etc. Like assets would then be put into a cluster, similar systems into a cluster, and let's say your model has 100 uh, 
of those clusters, you'd basically find in an environment a distribution of those assets through it. If the asset starts to change due to new vulnerabilities or new usage patterns, it has what's called vector movement. It moves it from one cluster to another. And the system basically reprocesses and relearns the behavior for each of the assets. That movement is indicative potentially of a problem, misuse, or something else. Uh, that concept could easily be called AI or ML. But cluster mapping mathematics has been around for well over 50 years. It's the branding of it that becomes the problem. It's not AI or ML. It does use learning, but it's not true machine learning, and it's definitely not artificial intelligence. We had this coming up on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, a couple of episodes ago, rather, I should say. I have to ask, is there really a nailed-down definition of any of this stuff, whether it's artificial intelligence or uh, robotic process automation and where exactly that turns into artificial intelligence, where the boundary is with uh, AI and machine learning? I mean, is this part of the problem, or are there actual solid definitions that people can and should be held to? Yeah, there are solid definitions. However, they're not necessarily things that the end user would uh, ingest easily. I mean, most people would go into uh, a Google or another search engine and they might find it on Wikipedia. And I would question the definitions on those because it is Wikipedia. So when you're talking about machine learning, you're talking about a system that's capable of altering its data sets based on uh, defined parameters. AI is actually able to define or redefine its own algorithms. Now, while I'm simplifying those definitions, if you go start digging into it, you're going to find even more and more variations of it. It's the same sure. problem. Can, can, you, tell me, can problem. you tell me where your definitions are coming from, please? My definitions are coming from the security industry that I work in today okay. and my experience uh, through the years. Thank now, you. while they may not be perfect, it's what I'm left working with as I see new vendors come out and uh, state AI. Some of them really are using new AI to address things, but for the most part, the answer is no. Realistically, back on planet Earth, you're objecting to the misuse of the term AI. I get that loud and clear. Uh, you believe it's misleading people, possibly misvaluing corporations. I, I get that loud and clear as well. Is anything going to happen about it, or are the marketers still going to say, hey, guys, we've got something, let's call it AI, stick a label on it and sell it? I mean, what's, is there, without some sort of enforcement, is anything realistically going to change? No, I don't believe anything realistically and change. I think that this is really just a wake-up call for the consumer and the business to help differentiate uh, when they look at a product, the marketing versus hype, and ask them to dig in deeper. If they do select a product that has AI to um, you know, help determine facial recognition of their camera system, ask the questions. Why are you calling that AI versus pattern matching a database of facial recognition that you may have of all the employee photos or something like that. Basically, ask. You have to be diligent at this place because now you're, you're introducing buzzwords that are akin to when we were growing up in science fiction watching TV shows. So don't accept it for what it is. Dig in and learn what they're really doing and challenge the, the customer. The customer should co challenge the vendor and the marketing message to see if it's a reality and if it is a falsehood or misleading, you might have to dig in into their other claims. Personally, I don't like misrepresenting technology for what it can't do. It's up to the consumer, but when you buy a car and it says you can go 15,000 miles on the tires before a change and you only get 7,000, 
you end up with a bad experience and products should be the same way. I'm sure you can find the tire manufacturers at the point of plenty of variables that mean that you could do it uh, for 15,000 miles as long as it was uh, in a vacuum and uh, not actually touching anything. That makes perfect sense to me. Okay. So finally, if you could tell me a bit about your organization and uh, where people can find out more about you, that'd be great. Certainly. So uh, as for myself, I'm the CTO and CISO for Beyond Trust. We are a uh, privileged access management vendor. We believe in revolutionizing the way that uh, privileged access is assigned to end users. Our technology is designed to remove administrative and root rights from end users and administrators or vendors and contractors and allow them to work in a uh, isolated environment or what we call least privilege, the lowest form of privilege as possible. Because of all the data breaches and all of the problems we have out there, uh, most of them occur because a threat actor or a hacker has gained admin rights into your environment. We believe in uh, techniques to remove those administrative rights or properly control and restrict them. Uh, and Beyond Trust has a portfolio, a platform designed to help remove those rights and manage them so that you can control who has access to what sensitive data. And where can they find out about more about this? Is it beyondtrust.com? Beyondtrust.com, one word. And you'll find a quite a bit of information about how you can do everything from automatic password rotation or password checkouts to the removal of admin rights on Unix, Linux, Windows, and Mac, and then secure remote access technologies for help desk or contractors and vendors that have to come into your organization that need administrative rights, but you don't want to text them the passwords. You don't want to send them an email with the password. And this plays back to the AI or the artificial intelligence discussion in the end, because while the technology like my organization produces or some of my competitors or adjacent markets is quite rich, it would be a falsehood to say that I can predict or I can isolate abnormal behavior uh, using an AI engine. Because as we all know, technology can be flawed. You can have outages, you can be attacked, and to be able to predict when that could happen using AI it's just too far of a stretch at this point in time. Murray Haber, CTO of Beyond Trust, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much, Guy. Have a great day. And many thanks to you for listening. That was the Near Futurist podcast with me, Guy Clapperton. I'll be back in two weeks' time, as always. And don't forget to have a look at the website at nearfuturist.co.uk. See you in a fortnight.